0: Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from senior pastor Mike McGowan.
1: Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I'm really glad that you chose to come today because today we're kicking off a brand new series called Cornerstone. Uh, and the, the idea for this series actually began way back when I was in high school. Uh, by the time I was a senior in high school, I had already committed my life to going into the ministry. And, um, my pastor, uh, formed, a, a, a little group of four of us who had all committed to going to the ministry. And we met with him, um, once a week in his office for an entire year at 6 30 AM. I mean, it was, it was terrible, truly. Uh, the, just the timing really, um, anyway, so we met at six thirty once a week, um, and one of the things that we had to do in this group was, is you had to come every week with a new verse of Scripture memorized. And it, and it was a verse that the pastor picked out, um, and he gave it to us the week prior. But you had to have it memorized word for word. If it wasn't word for word, like, it didn't count, okay? Now, you would think that I would be good at memorizing Bible verses, you know what I mean? Like, as incredibly, like, brilliant as I am, you know? Um, gosh, you laugh. Some of you laughed. That was, it, hurt, it hurts. So anyway, um, but I tell you, I, I was always memorizing these things, that, like, at the last minute. I mean, in the car on the way down I was like, I was trying to get it down, trying to get it down, and I would go in there, and I'd, I'd get all nervous and stuff, and I'd be like, uh, for God so loved the, the, oh, I don't know. You know, and I, was, I just felt so stupid. And then there was this guy named Craig in our group. Like, this dude, he came in every week like with a cup of coffee, okay? We're in high school. We don't drink coffee, okay? But he came in every week, you know, you know drinking his little cup of coffee. And he had every verse nailed every week. The dude never missed a single word the whole time we were doing it. I mean, it was sick. It was. I, and I resented him. With a Jesus sort of loving resentment sort of thing, okay? But I eventually memorized all the verses, right? And little did I know then that those verses would shape my view of God, and they would build the foundation for my relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Little did I know how much those verses would affect me and how they would keep me on the narrow road for following God. And in this series, we are going to be looking at some foundational verses for all of us, verses that will keep us on the narrow road, verses that will give us a correct idea of who God is and who his son is and how we can relate to him. And many of the verses that we're going to be looking at in this series, including the verse that we're going to look at today, are verses that I memorized way back in high school. Now, these verses are not cornerstone verses. There's actually only one cornerstone and it's not a verse. It's a person. Look at your message notes at Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 19. Ephesians 2, 19, the Bible says this is, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So if these verses that we're gonna look at in this series aren't cornerstones, well then, what are they? They are verses that will help us have a correct view of who Jesus Christ really is. Because look, if we have a misshapen view of Jesus Christ and who he is, if we have a misshapen view of Christ and we begin to try to build our lives on that, and we begin to try to make decisions and we begin to try to say, okay, well this is the kind of person that I'm going to become, and we try to build our lives on that, well the truth is, it's a pretty shaky foundation to start with. And even if, even if we can get it all to hold together, even if we can get it all to hold together. Which I might not. But even if we can get it all to hold together. The truth is. It's not right. It's not a correct view. Of God. Or his son Jesus Christ. And. If we have a misshapen view. Of Christ. Our lives. Spiritually speaking. Are very very shaky. Now. Now. The truth is, most of you sitting here, like you look at that and you think, okay, cool illustration. But like that's in real life, that's like really not that big of a deal. I'll bet in about two minutes you're going to have a very different opinion. Because when people have a misshapen view of Christ, when people's view of Jesus is askew and they don't really know what he's really like and it's distorted This is why some people in this room are angry at God. They're angry at God because something tragic happened, you know, way back in the past, something very traumatic, because of a misshapen view of Christ. They've been angry at God ever since. A misshapen view of God is why some people in this room stop going to church. Because there's some hypocrites in the church They had a rough encounter with him. They hurt their feelings. And they said, you know what? If that's what Jesus is like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And they walked away for years. And oddly enough, their view of Christ has now been put askew by somebody else's whose view of Christ was already askew. And it's because of this misshapen view of Jesus. This is why some people claim to be Christ followers but they don't really follow Christ. I mean, they made one decision to become a Christ follower one time, but for them, that's where it ended. This is why some people believe that if you follow Christ, you're guaranteed to be healthy and wealthy your whole life. And that if somehow, you know, you aren't healthy or you get sick or you lose your job or you fall on financial hard times, that God's mad at you and that you've been cursed by him. No, this is why some people think that coming to church and giving some money that that puts you in good standing with God. And then if you give enough money, then that somehow gives you some authority to say, you know, to, to to have some input on what's going on down there at that church. I'm telling you, it's true. This misshapen view of Christ, this is why some people spew hatred toward Muslims, gays, and abortion doctors. Now, I'm not condoning any of those things. But the only people that Jesus was ever angry with were the self-righteous. This is why some people say, I mean, no, it's okay if I sinned. I mean, Jesus will forgive me for it. And tragically, this misshapen view of Christ is why, unfortunately, some people think they expect that they're going to go to heaven. But on that day, when they stand before God, Jesus will say to them, depart from me, because I never knew you. Oh, they knew a misshapen, distorted form of Jesus. But they didn't know the real Jesus. And in that moment, all their eternal hopes will come crumbling down. I want that just to sink in for a minute. But let me give you a little bonus material, okay? If, if we have a correct view of Jesus Christ. Let me get him. If we have a correct view of Jesus Christ, not misshapen, not, oops, almost dropped, almost, almost dropped Jesus. That'd have been sad. Okay. If we have a mistaken view, if we have a correct view of Jesus, not distorted, not askew, not out of balance, not wrong, but biblically correct, and we build our lives on the correct cornerstone of Jesus Christ, well, then our lives are now built on a firm foundation. But here's the deal. If for some reason we get our eyes off of Jesus Christ, okay, if we get our eyes off of Jesus and we try to live our lives without him, Even if we keep all of the rules, even if we keep all of the standards, even if we keep all of the moral guidelines that we know we're supposed to keep, one of two things will be true of all of us. Either number one, you'll become a legalist. Focused on keeping all the rules, but lost focus on Jesus Christ. And if that becomes you, then you will you will not be full of love. And you will not be a loving person because the focus is on all of the rules. And nobody's going to want to be around you. In fact, the only, other people, only people that are going to want to be around you are other legalists. But they don't really love you. They just love the rules and the fact that you keep them. And the second thing that could happen to you is that when you realize you can't keep all the rules all by yourself, no matter how hard you try, You're going to fail miserably. And your life is going to begin to crumble. It's going to cave in on itself. But the good news is, is that if you have a right relationship with Christ, and it's built on the right foundation, and it's built the right way with a biblically correct view of Christ, as the cornerstone. And it's and it falls in line with exactly what the Bible says, well, then you and I, then we can have a great life-changing life. And it begins with one key verse. It's the verse that we're going to talk about this morning. Now, the verse that we're going to talk about this morning, I can make a pretty good case that this should be the verse that you should memorize. Because if someone were to come up to me and they would say, hey Mike, you know, I'm just starting out in my Christian life. Is there one verse that I ought to memorize that would help me grow in Christ? I would recommend that they memorize this verse that we're going to talk about this morning. Because really, this one verse, it summarizes and it capsules what it means to live as a Christ follower. Now, unfortunately... This verse is so deep, it is so rich in meaning, that we do not have time to cover every facet. But the good news is, is we don't have to. Because here's what I know. That if you will memorize this verse, and you will repeat it in multiple situations, in multiple scenarios, at multiple times in your life, then as you repeat it, then you will begin to understand how deep and rich and meaningful and life-changing and how broad in its application this one verse is. So, what is that verse? Well, you already know. You've already looked at your bulletin, okay? Like, I know that. The verse is Galatians 2.20. It's Galatians 2.20. And this is our first cornerstone forming verse that we're going to look at in this series. So Galatians 2.20, look at it there in your bulletin, if you would, please. It says this in Galatians 2.20, let me make sure I can find it, here it is. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's all repeat this verse out loud together, but repeat it like you mean it, okay? All right, ready? Go. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Awesome verse. So, what does this verse mean for me? Here's your fill-in for the morning. Here's what it is. And this morning, we only have one fill-in. The rest of it, you're just going to have to take notes on your own, okay? So here it is. Number one, I need to remind myself that myself has been crucified. I need to remind myself that myself has been crucified. Now, honestly, this used to be like one of the most confusing things about the Christian life for me. I mean, this verse says that I have been crucified with Christ. This I that he's talking about is my old sinful nature. The part of me that used to just live for myself, that used to live for what I want, when I want, how I want it, and it didn't matter what Jesus wanted. It didn't matter what anybody else wanted. It was all about me. I mean, it's all about my sinful nature, what's convenient for me, what I like in the moment. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it says here that my sinful nature has, in in this verse I memorized in high school, it says that my sinful nature has been crucified. And then it no longer lives. Well, I don't know about you and your life. But it sure seems to me a lot of times like in my life, my sinful nature is alive and well. I mean, isn't that right? I mean, there are times it seems like that my sinful nature has not only risen from the grave, but it has taken hostage my mind, my eyes, my hands, my words, my mouth, my everything. I mean, it's like there's been this hostile takeover by this zombie nature that has risen from the dead. Okay? I mean, that's what it seems like. But how is that possible? I mean, this verse that I memorized in high school says that my sinful nature has been crucified. I mean, for years, I could never reconcile what the Bible said with what I experienced to be true in my life. And then I came to understand that although my sinful nature has been given a death sentence, it's not quite dead yet. What that means is, is that the Bible, when it says that my sinful nature has been crucified, it has indeed been crucified because it says so right here. And what that means for me is is that I have the capacity now to make another choice other than what my sinful nature would have me make. I can choose to live for Christ. I can choose righteousness. I can make a different choice. And that's true with any addiction, with any sin, with anything. I can make a different choice. But every time I choose to follow my sinful nature, as it's hanging there on the cross, according to the Bible, every time I choose to follow what my sinful nature says, it's as if I take food and water to my sinful nature while it's hanging on the cross so I can give it some strength. And so instead of getting weaker and weaker and weaker, with every sinful choice I make, I let it grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And as it grows stronger and stronger, my spiritual nature grows weaker and weaker and weaker. So yes, it's under a death sentence, but I feed it as I make sinful choices. Let me illustrate this and, let me illustrate this with, like, with a, let me, you, let me just take something that's like so obscure that nobody in this room like would struggle with it, um, just, so, just so I can illustrate my point. Um, let's just say that you struggle with driving too fast, okay? Let's just pretend, okay, that you struggle with driving too fast, okay? It's breaking the law, it's sin, and look, the more you drive fast, The more you feed that sinful nature and it's easier to drive faster again the next time. In fact, it becomes so easy to justify driving fast, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I'm just keeping up with traffic, right? You know, if the police didn't really want me to drive that fast, I mean, they would pull me over. I mean, they give you the next 5 to 10 miles an hour anyway, don't they? Right? I mean, if honestly, if I didn't drive this fast, I would actually cause a wreck. I'm late to church! Don't you think God wants me to get there? Okay, yes, I know. Last time I did this, I got a ticket. That's why I bought this radar detector. It just becomes so easy to justify and to feed that sinful nature. And it becomes easier the next time. Because every time, listen, every time you justify a sinful behavior, you're feeding that nature that's crucified on the cross. Now, thankfully, the opposite is also true. Every time you deny your sinful nature, it gets weaker. And your spiritual nature get stronger every time i choose to follow christ my spiritual nature strengthens and my sinful nature gets weaker and so every time i every time that happens it becomes easier to not speed the next time but you need to hear this get this that does not work If you only choose not to speed because the sign says so. If you choose not to speed because of what, you know, the law says or because your mama said so or because you don't want to get a ticket or you're just like a rule follower person by nature or, you know, you're afraid your insurance is going to go up. If you don't speed for any of those reasons, it doesn't count spiritually. It only, count, it only feeds your spiritual nature if you say, the reason that I do not speed is because I want to make sure that I follow Jesus Christ in every part of my life, even down to that. And so the reason I don't speed has nothing to do with what the sign says. That just tells me where the line is. But the reason I don't cross the line is not because of the ticket, not because of my mama, not because of my insurance, not because of any other thing other than jesus christ because when my reason and rationale behind what i do is jesus christ that's when it feeds my spiritual nature and denies my sinful nature otherwise for any other reason it's spiritually neutral and spiritually nothing happens does that make sense i mean that's a it's pretty deep and i hope that sinks in far enough for you Look, the reason that I chose this whole thing about speed—I mean, I know we've been talking a lot about speeding this morning, okay—and it, it, I, I, I chose it because it's a lighter example, and it's not because I really think that speeding is going to be your eternal undoing or anything like that, okay? That, I mean, maybe, but probably not, okay? But I chose it because it's a memorable way to understand. And begin to understand the depth of this verse. Because look, anytime you find yourself speeding what you want to do, and that, and that sign limit changes from 30 down to 45, down to 35. If, you're, if you have trouble with that, what you want to do, as soon as you get there, you want to say, okay. And you just, you just, you just want to start repeating this verse. Okay? I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. And you put your foot on the brake. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And you just put the brake on and you'd slow down. And you might have to repeat that every single time. But every single time you do, you will feed the spiritual nature and you will deny the sinful nature. And I use, again, I use speeding as an example because it's a lighthearted way to think about it. But the truth is, this works for any sin, it works for any addiction. I mean, it works for anything. I mean, mean, it it would work for any simple habit. It would work for smoking, overeating, overspending, anger, lust, every addiction that you can think of, gossiping, greed, jealousy, adultery, fear, worry. It works for everything. You know, and the truth is, whenever you encounter temptation, before you act on it, before you drink it, before you light it, before you um, say it, before you think it, before you do anything, repeat this verse. Say these words. Say, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life, excuse me, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You just repeat it. So look at the verse. I want us all to repeat it out loud together. Look at the verse. Galatians 2.20. Let's all say it out loud together. Ready? Go. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And every time you repeat this verse, you say no to that sinful behavior and you say yes to Christ. Not to the law, or not to rules, but to Christ. You feed your spiritual nature, and you deny your sinful nature. And this is how we are to live as Christ followers. This verse works for every aspect of your life, and it will work for the rest of your life. That is why this verse is a cornerstone forming verse. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card and I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. I want you to check on the card and on the notes the next step or steps that you're willing to take today in light of what God has told you. And hopefully it starts with this first one. I'll memorize Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I mean, for heaven's sake, we've all said it like nine times this morning out loud together, okay? You're already probably halfway there. But memorize this verse. Get it deep in here. This next one. I will identify one behavior I want God to change in my life. You cannot change something you have not identified. Number three. I will make a conscious effort to feed my relationship with Christ and not my sinful nature by repeating out loud Galatians 2.20 before I make a sinful choice. I can promise you it will be impossible for you to make a sinful choice if you repeat this verse out loud right before you make it. I promise you that. You know, you reach for that thing or whatever that thing is, whether it's a mouse whether it's something you hold in your hands, whatever that is, if you repeat Galatians 2.20 before you do it, you will not sin because you'll be feeding your spiritual nature. This next number four, I will make right choices because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, not just to follow the rules. Maybe you realize, oh my goodness, I'm in danger of becoming a legalist. Oh my goodness, I have lost focus of the relationship and have been enamored with the rules. Get back to the cornerstone. Would that be you? Make sure your motivation is right. This next one. I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. There's a sample prayer on how to become a Christ follower at the bottom of your message notes right there, right below these next steps. If you have never asked, Pray to prayer like that. You're not a Christ follower yet. I don't care how many times you've gone to church. I don't care how much money you've given. I don't care what else you've done. If you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life as the only source of forgiveness, you're not a Christ follower yet. And I want you to be able to stand before God on that day and Him to say, welcome. Welcome. Because He knows you and loves you. Because you have a relationship with him. If you've never prayed that prayer, pray it now. And pick up, an, but make sure you check the box. I'm going to send you some free stuff in the mail. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. There's on, it's on a little table before you walk outside of each of these doors. Or this last one. I will come back to hear the rest of the Cornerstone series. Three more weeks. Would you come back? Make a three week commitment in the spiritual formation of your life. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the truth and the power and the authority of your word. I especially thank you for Galatians 2.20. Lord, for how you have brought it back to my mind over the years, time and time and time again. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do that for people here in this room. God, that you would help them to have a correctly formed and shaped view of your son. And Galatians 2.20 would help them have that right relationship where they feed that relationship with him and deny their sinful nature that is under a death sentence. That that nature would grow weaker and weaker by the day. Thank you. Help us to live for you alone.
0: In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.